Anytime anybody thinks of Pentecost, of course, the first thing is, well, tongues. And sure. the other thing is, well, they, they looked and acted drunk. Well, there was more to it than that. In fact, uh, there's a theme within it that's, uh, I think it's rather interesting, and a uh, little piece of a verse, and they shall prophesy. Mm. So we started out this morning back to Babel, and we journeyed to Jerusalem, and a few stops in between. Well, there's a lot of overlapping pictures that help reveal the heart of Pentecost, and against the goal here is, how do we encounter Jesus in Pentecost. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't think that I would have ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit if it wouldn't have been for that reality, the desire for more Jesus for me. And uh, in fact, towards this, we'll share a bit of my testimony and also show why there can be no such thing as a baptism of the Holy Spirit without the impartation of the gift of tongues. You know, there's lots of opinions, and unfortunately, opinions, eh, they don't line up with Scripture. That's They're kind of worthless, aren't they? And they just start little, you know, rabbit trails of Christianity is what we're, a lot of churches end up on. And unfortunately, we've got way too many of those. And I don't think that's going away, but I do want to say when we come to these moments in the same, in the same vein of at Passover when we talk about salvation, the, the crucifixion of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, what it is to be saved, you know, there's a lot of streams on that one too, and some of those <laughs> will get you drowned real quick. But there's truth, and that's what we're going for. So when we arrive at Pentecost, we don't want a bunch of streams that will drown you, we just want the truth, just what the Bible says, what God says. Yeah. So. So it's easy to think, unfortunately, that we have the entire picture of Pentecost when we journey from Babel to Jerusalem. But let's catch up with Peter back in Acts 2. He's preaching and quotes Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, not my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. All right, boy, oh boy. Talk about uh, an interesting direction change here. His last statement, and they shall prophesy, he was now quoting. That's not in the Joel prophecy. Peter prophetically added that last phrase, probably to underline the significance of what God was doing. Mm -hmm. With the release of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, God gave everyone who received the baptism a prophetic anointing as well. Now, please hear we're not in the office of a prophet. We're not given the gift of prophecy, the ability to hear God and know his will. That's what we're talking about. But it's a bigger question. Why did Peter choose this passage? Why did he tweak that verse, right? Under the power of the Holy Spirit, I mean. He had a purpose, <laughs> yeah. right? This wasn't winging it. They had just experienced flames of fire over them and received the gift of tongues as they worshiped God in languages none of them knew before. Talk about a mind-blowing experience. From my own personal experience, I can tell you, it is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. But this verse from Joel says nothing about flames of fire or tongues. It's interesting, the one verse he picks to describe it all has <laughs> nothing to do with what just happened to them. Right. Which... Those two things, flames of fire and tongues, were the primary experience of the Holy Spirit infilling that day. Same thing at Mount Sinai. So the experience of Pentecost for the others there did not include any dreams or visions either. It really seems like, Peter, what are you preaching on here? It says your first sermon, and you're like all over the place. First Corinthians 14, 39 links 
together prophecy in tongues. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. I don't think you can get much clearer than that. So if you had a stream that says it's not real and it's not happening anymore, eh, there you go. But it doesn't say they have to occur together, prophecy in tongues. Acts 19.6 tells of a time when they happen together. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So Peter was experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit after staying up all night with the other disciples, studying the Torah to celebrate God's giving of the law to Moses on that same date 1,500 years earlier. Suddenly, he saw those same friends now experiencing the outpouring along with him. And his first thought was that something has changed just as Jesus had told them. He finally got the sermon. Common men, after receiving the Holy Spirit, were suddenly prophesying in the streets in a way that only someone in the office of a prophet had done before. And it was happening just as Joel predicted. What is clear is that the outpouring at Pentecost 2,000 years ago was just a partial fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. The signs such as the sun and moon growing dark with blood, fire, and smoke, they didn't occur. The Spirit rested on only 120 believers in one city, but the fullness of Joel's prophecy requires a global dimension. There's more to come to the last days, and more importantly, the outpouring tells us that everything is not always cut and dry as to how Old Testament shadows and types become New Testament realities. There's always more to see and understand. And that leads me to, on a personal level, just like Peter, you know, when it happened to me, it was, um, it was a mind-blowing experience because just a kid, 44 years ago, I was saved in the middle of a field at a Jesus festival. Right? I was 15, going on 16. One year later, 43 years ago, on the second Friday of August, 1980, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Same field, <laughs> also in August, one year later. And I was utterly shocked that other languages, which I didn't understand or speak, were suddenly pouring out of my mouth. I can really relate to Peter going, what in the world? <laughs> and I do remember, you know, because we're thousands of us, as God just shh, and looking around and watching, and we were all laughing. We prayed probably in the Spirit for like 30 minutes, and and just everyone had the probably very similar feeling, like, what in the world? So a moment before... We just said, you know, told us a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure he read Acts 2, and said, "Who would you like to receive more of Jesus? And I said, well, who wouldn't want more of Jesus? <laughs> of course I would. So I had been standing in that field just a moment before, worshiping and in the only language I'd ever spoken, which was English. I had never heard anyone speak in tongues before or heard anyone teach on it. So, you know, as I said, just a kid. The Holy Spirit massively changed my life in much the same way Jesus had the year before when he, uh, when I uh, gave my life to him and I was saved. So here you have an occasion one year apart. So that's significant. It happened at the same time. It wasn't something that happened when I was saved. It happened distinctly different from it. All right? Didn't end 2,000 years ago with the giving of the Bible or any of those things that people make up. Right. That's just the reality. All right? Now... I've known many people who've earnestly sought the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but still haven't received. Some went away bitter. Some went away offended. Some stopped seeking and plunged into denial, declaring that they had received the baptism when they were saved and no tongues were required. All kinds of things. Now, again, that scripture, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. 
Sadly, I also know teachers who claim to be filled with the Spirit and intentionally deceived other seekers into mumbling repetitious phrases and declared that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Striving in the flesh for a move of God is agonizing. (laughs) So is screaming at the wind to blow where we want it to blow. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. You know, I know my story, but also uh, Kelly's story, my wife Kelly. uh, You know, when we were young, we were was a youth pastor, and in that season, you know, it's praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you know, you stand in a line of however many, five or ten people, and boom, 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 people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and come, but there's always some people who don't. Right. And in those cases, it was Kelly each time, and of course, she's getting more and more frustrated, and what I told her is, you know, he, he says to seek. Seek them, seek them, seek them until. And she did, she did, she did, she did until one day, all by herself, nobody laying hands on her. Mm. God showed up and boom, baptized her in the Holy Spirit. Now, two or three times before in that journey, she came and said, is this it? And I said, no, that's not it. <laughs> if you have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's a good question. It is, true. If you haven't experienced it, you may not know. Likewise, so for me and Kelly, now she had been saved years before. So again, very far apart. Uh, for Corey, who is uh, now all grown up, getting ready for baby number two, uh, she was 11 years old. We were at a church, a spirit-filled church, a prophetic church, and it happened to be Pentecost Sunday. And mm. She went down and standing in the front of a church where everyone was baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And, you know, for me, her story is profoundly impactful still. Because I remember we didn't stay at that church very long. When we left, she was very attached, but it was a long drive. And and I'd ask her, how do you feel, you know, having to change churches and leave your youth group and all? And she said, you know, it's okay because I can hear the voice of God. And for my money, you can have all the arguments you want about Pentecost and baptism and this and that and the other thing. In the end... What he brings is that spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. It is writing his word that is the direction that's happening. It's it's a that's that, that shifting, that changing that comes upon us. And you know, I would say for anybody, you know, that's why it doesn't don't come up with new theories. Just do what he says mm-hmm. until you receive. It's it's it may be oversimplified, and I hope it is. But I'm going to pray for you now, too. We still have some teaching to go. We're going to look at what it means what it means to be his bride and how that relates to this as we continue on. But uh, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and desire, you know what I would suggest? Because in each one of these cases, we're standing there, lift your hands up, pray, praying in English, and ask God to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And he did, and eventually that English language turned to another language. And yes, it is your tongue. But it's a different part of your brain. Your brain doesn't use your language center. So it is different. And uh, I, I would ask that you would just do that until God pours his spirit on you. Don't rearrange it. Don't change it. Don't rewrite verses. Just let him fill you. So, Father, thank you first for this uh, this day of Pentecost that's approaching. I thank you that you've baptized people in the Holy Spirit on every day of of the year. It didn't have to come on one day, but this day is approaching. And so this day right now is we're teaching on it. Lord, it's a great day to be filled with your spirit. So I ask in the name of Jesus that right now as they are crying out to you with anyone who's desiring to receive it, God, I ask you that you baptize them in the Holy Spirit, that you fill them 
with your Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. That, Father, you would pour out over them your spirit of prophecy. That, Lord, you would heal them, that you would deliver them, that you would pour out dreams and visions and the very fruit of your spirit, that uh, lives would be profoundly impacted and changed every day of their lives. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.